Hello, hello, beautiful people. Scott Sports Network. My name is Scott. This is Scott Scoop, episode number 32, and thank you for tuning in. We had a big day in sports, surprisingly, on Monday, and I think I just should jump into it. Um, leading the show today, as we often do, I'm going to run through the NFL news for the day. Uh, Kwan Short got released by the Carolina Panthers this morning. Um, they saved a good bit off of their cap space, and he is their best defensive player. Um, I mean, you can make an argument. At this point, it's probably Brian Burns, but um, he's probably the most high-profile name, but he's only played five games in the last two years. Um, After having 23.5 sacks over the first three years of his five-year $80 million contract, um, he's only played five games since. So, um, not a great look for Kwan Short, but if he can stay healthy, then um, I think that he can make an he absolutely can make an impact on a team. He's an excellent pass rusher and decent in the run as well. Um, so he is going to find a home somewhere. Um, the five-year-old that Britt Reed struck with his truck while he was um, driving, potentially intoxicated, uh, a few days before the Super Bowl. Uh, if you don't know Britt Reed, he is Andy Reed's son. He was outside linebacker coach for the Chiefs, and he is now um, not as his contract renewed. Um, but the five-year-old is awake now. She was in a medically induced coma um, in critical in critical condition, but now she is awake and a bit responsive. Um, that's the latest news on that situation. Thank God for that, and um, I'll keep you updated as we get more news going forward. Uh, Jason Sanders this morning signed a five-year, $22 million contract. He's the all-pro kicker for the Miami Dolphins. Um, Good for him. That's a lot of money to invest into your kicker. But if you uh, believe that he's elite and he has proven to be elite over the past couple years, go for it. I mean, $4 million is not exorbitant for a kicker, and he adds value. J.J. Watt is apparently interested in joining the Browns, and I think this would be an excellent fit. He's not a. This is not a team that I uh, mentioned when I first heard about the news of his release, um, but it's a team that if you put him across from Miles Garrett, you can't double both of them. So there's going to be a matchup problem and a matchup nightmare that comes with that. Um, I would love to see that, and if they're... If J.J. Watt is interested, I think the Browns should move a good bit of weight to try and sign him. Um, the Spurs apparently have four positive COVID tests. If you couldn't tell, we're moving on to NBA news now. Um, and that resulted in five postponed games, the next three for the Spurs and the next two for the Charlotte Hornets, who they played recently. Um, it's very interesting to see how the NBA is dealing with this Um, I think that you should really try and rush out a vaccine to the players because they're traveling a whole lot and they're generating a lot of money. No matter when you give your vaccine to the players, you're going to take a PR hit. You might as well do it now. And you're already taking a PR hit considering the players are up in arms about all this stuff. Um, There's a lot of players that have been very frustrated with the COVID protocols and the inconsistency and... Um, it doesn't seem to make a lot of scientific sense what they've been doing so far. Um, so it's definitely frustrating to see that. Um, Jalen Johnson, who is one of the top NBA prospects, he goes to Duke this year. He's a forward, um, for this upcoming draft. This upcoming draft is absolutely stacked and I can't wait to jump into, uh, looking into some of the tape, creating a big board, doing a little bit of mock draft on here. 
Um, but he opted out of the rest of the season for Duke. They had been struggling pretty heavily, pretty mightily over this um, year. And the backlash that he received on social media from college pundits is just, just so classic and stupid. Um, Jalen Johnson is working for free. And if he believes that his best avenue to go get more money is to opt out of the year, then he should opt out of the year. Um, This shouldn't affect his draft stock. This shouldn't affect much at all. And he should be able to make that choice on his own without being reprimanded or, quite frankly, attacked by it. Um, And some of the people that cover college basketball are some of the softest, most protective people of all time to a point where they think that they deserve to have these players in their system for um, one to four years and that they, like, should have sole ownership over these players. And it's like, no, these players are doing a service for um, for you and they should be looking at for themselves and looking after their bottom line. Um, this kind of ties in a little bit to what Draymond Green was trying to get after um, yesterday in his post-game comments. Uh, these went viral and he basically said that he was very frustrated with the inconsistency of um, the players needing to be in certain spots at certain times and not having much control over their trades and um, stuff. It stemmed from um, Andre Drummond being sat out of games because they wanted to trade him. And you can see this also with Blake Griffin. Um, the Detroit Pistons are having him sit out games until they trade him or cut him. Um, he mentioned Harrison Barnes being traded in the middle of a game while he's on the bench. Um, just there's a lot of inconsistency and you're supposed to remain um, professional and dignified and um, stay regal and continue working out and stay at the top of your profession all while putting on this face. Um, he mentioned James Harden being alienated. Like it's it, you. And then he also mentioned like the, the backlash that comes when Kyrie Irving talks uh, about his like mental issues and about um, the mental headspace that he's in, how he gets attacked for that. And I, I think that the NBA has definitely swayed a little bit too far pro player, but Draymond does have a point here. And I think it's very, it's becoming an issue where um, the board of governors or the owners in any other sport, um, they think that they have some sort of entitlement just because they pay these players that they own their lives. And it's like, no, these players are humans, they're people, and they should be treated as such. Um, that's that's just all I have to say about that, really. Um, I want to run through four games from the slate last night of basketball, starting with Brooklyn versus Sacramento. The Sacramento Kings are in a downward trajectory, and some might even describe this as a spiral. Um, Brooklyn Nets scored 136 points last night to beat the Sacramento Kings by 136 to 125. Kyrie Irving had a huge night. He had 40 points. He was 9 of 11 from 3. The Kings can't guard anyone. Uh, James Harden had a triple-double with 29 points, 13 boards, 14 assists. He was 6 of 10 from 3. Just looking at the box score, it doesn't tell the story considering... I mean, it kind of does tell the the story that the Kings gave up 136 points. Their defense is absolutely atrocious. Um, But the Kings did have some good 
performances, box score-wise at least. You had Whiteside putting up 26 points, 16 boards, 5 blocks. Uh, that's a season high in points for him. Uh, Buddy Heald had 21 points. He was 6 of 9 from 3. Good performance from him. That's really all you can ask for. Corey Joseph had 22 points in uh, the start that he was gifted. Uh, Darren Fox, Marvin Bagley each had 19 points. But it just gets to a point where... Um, it doesn't matter how many points you're putting up. If you can't stop anyone, then you're not going to win very many games. And this team is abysmal. So you guys get to hear me rant and cry about them for the next few months. Um, I think it's good that Brooklyn is starting to sign some veterans and they're signing the right guys. So they signed Noah Vonley, they signed Amon Shumpert, and they signed Audrey Roberson. Um, all three of these guys can play defense, they're tough-minded, and they're role players, they're smart veterans, and I think they're really going to improve their depth as well as their defense, which is very, very important, and that's really all you need when you're Brooklyn. I mean, you have the, your three offensive engines, and then you have, like, if you watch them, Bruce Brown just benefits off of cuts all game. Um, he's a very smart player, and that's something that Iman Shumper can do. That's something that Roberson can do. Avonle provides a lot of size, even a little bit of stretch potential. Um, just smart, smart moves by Sean Marks, and I applaud him for that. Uh, the New York Knicks beat the Atlanta Hawks 123-112 to last night. Julius Randle had another amazing, amazing performance. Perhaps this is the best one of, uh, of the year for him. He had 44 points, 9 boards, 5 assists. R.J. Barrett chipped in with 21 points. Emmanuel quickly chipped in with 16 off the bench. This team, this Knicks team is very fun, which is something that you would be astounded to say at the start of the year. Uh, in the defeat, Trey Young dropped 23 points, 8 assists. Clint Capella continued to lead the league in rebounds. He had 18 points to go alongside 15 points, uh, 18 boards to go alongside 15 points, and John Collins had 19 points in the loss. The Utah Jazz beat the Philadelphia 76ers 134-123 to 123 despite Ben Simmons' heroics. He had 42 points, 9 boards, 12 assists. Tobias Harris chipped in with 36 points and 10 boards in the loss. But this night was all about Jordan Clarkson. He had 40 points, a huge, huge game for him. He had 8 threes. This Jazz team is just clicking on all cylinders and they no one can really stop them at this point. It looks like, for now, in the regular season, at least, they've won 19 of 20. Donovan Mitchell had 24 points. Joe Ingles had 20 points in the win. It's just a group, group effort, and it's really fun to watch. It's really fun to see. The Clippers beat Miami 125-118 to 118 last night without Kawhi or Paul George. A big performance by Marcus Morris propelled them to the win. He had 32 points. Ivica Zubac had 22 points. Lou Williams had 18 points, 10, 10 dimes. Jimmy Butler had another triple-double despite the defeat. He had 30 points, 10 boards, 10 assists. Bam Adebayo had 27 points, 9 boards, 7 assists, 3 stocks. Big, big performance from him. A big performance from Tyler Hero as well. He had 27 points, 3 stocks. But they just need more from the surrounding core. They shot 22% from 3, and that's not going to get it done if you're Miami. You're not going to win very many games doing that. I want to finish on a couple trade, not trade destinations, but I think that Blake Griffin is eventually going to get bought out here because I don't think anyone wants to touch that contract. I don't think anyone wants to sniff that contract. And luckily for the Pistons, they're kind of safe from themselves because they can't stretch Blake Griffin's contract. So they're just going to have to eat it. The reason they can't stretch it is because you can't stretch a contract that's worth uh, over 15% of the cap. So I have seven teams that I think would work really well for Blake and they're all playoff ish teams. And then there's three teams that are kind of dark horses that I think could use them in a pinch. Uh, you have the golden state warriors, I think is a very good uh, contender for them. The warriors are just looking for talent and size 
And at this point, that's something that Blake can provide. I think he's going to be a smart player. I think he would be willing to buy in there as well. I think the Phoenix Suns could use some more front court depth to fill that kind of Frank Kaminsky role. He's going to be better than him in that role. You have the Denver Nuggets. I think they're looking for size and depth as well. Um, if you compare him to someone like Jamichael Green, Green is a little bit better on defense. I think Blake is way better on offense. So you could just try and outscore teams with a Blake Griffin and Jokic front court. But really, I think he would be a depth piece and someone that would come off the bench there. The Portland Trailblazers are an interesting one. I think that um, if you had a forward rotation of Derek Jones Jr., Robert Covington, Carmelo Anthony, and Blake Griffin, there's a good mix of talent there and a good mix of skill sets there. I think that could work, and they're always in the hunt for good talent that is big. Uh, the Toronto Raptors could just use a kick in the ass, uh, really just a spark plug, and I think that he could provide that, so I think they're definitely a team in contention for that. Uh, similar to Boston, I think that Danny Ainge would be prudent to add um, – the size and just the talent there. I mean, if you can pick up this guy for essentially nothing, I don't know what he's going to be looking for, but I assume that he wants to compete after spending a few years in Detroit and is willing to take a bit of a pay cut considering how much money he's made over his career already. I think that the Miami Heat are an option as well. They just need more talent and size considering the injury to Myers Leonard and the just lack of overall talent between Chris Silva, um, the youth of Precious Chua, Kelly Olynyk might not quite cut it at this point. And then my three teams that are kind of dark horses are Indiana. I think he could be a bench role, a bench player there, and they really don't have much big depth besides uh, Sabonis and Turner, who like are enough. But I mean, if you really don't want to choose, turn to Goga Batadze as your backup center, then he can just kind of rotate in as that big. Uh, I think the LA Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks are also dark horses, just considering that they are looking to acquire as much talent as possible and they don't have very many assets to do it or resources to do it. I think that they could try and sell um, sell the promise of contention to Blake. Um, the one team that is definitely not in it is the LA Clippers. Don't listen to Stephen A. Smith. He's not going back there. Um, he hates that organization with all his... Uh, like guts and he does not like Steve Ballmer or respect him and nor should he He shipped him out after selling him a dream. Um, I want to finish today with talking about the tragic death of Vincent Jackson. He was a stud receiver on, uh, some really good chargers teams and some good Buccaneers teams as well. Uh, he passed away at 38, um, yesterday. So rest in peace to him. Um, anyways, that'll wrap it up. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, remember to hype up your friends. Tell your mom you love them. I love you, mom. And enjoy the day because it's going to be a great one. Peace. <laughs>